You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Joe. Aureli and I, we serve as pastors here at Revive the World. We take care of the, um, the Healing Center, which is coming up next Saturday. Woohoo! Yeah, thank you. And we also uh, take care of and help train our, our uh, prayer teams. Oh, so the presence of the Lord is thick. So I don't know what it is. I, I know what it is, sheesh. Um, but I just at the, at this time I just can't get off the subject of healing, because to me healing is everything, everything. That is why Jesus came, was for us to be whole, to be complete, to be healed in every way. So I'm going to be speaking this morning about what I believe where our church is going and where the entire body of Christ is headed. So I'm going to have a bunch of scriptures and definitions um, just to show you that there's good foundation for what we're discussing. So I would tell you to buckle your seatbelts, but uh, there's no restraints in the kingdom. (laughs) We are free to roam about the cabin, to flop around on the floor, whatever the Spirit of God leads you to do. We're good. So this morning, I'd like to focus on um, healing of the body, soul, and spirit. It's, it's all together. To show where some of this comes from is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. We're going to start building our structure there. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word sanctify means to purify externally and internally. This sanctification comes about by a renewing, not just of the mind, but renewing of our bodies, our soul, and our spirit. Renewal. That's what he's all about. But notice that may he sanctify you completely, totally, as far as sanctification can go. Man, I'm shaking. And may your whole spirit, so everything that we are, everything of our being, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Just from this one verse, we see that it's very clear. God wants us whole. He wants us complete. He wants us healed. All issues of life find their answers in the very presence of God. And believe it or not, God has given us the tools that we need to be completely sanctified. Just one of those tools, a really big one, is the very kingdom itself. Let's take a look at Romans 14, verse 17. 
Romans 14, verse 17 in the New King James Version, where it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom provides everything that we need for our wholeness, everything we need to be healed. Righteousness. Let's go through these things. Righteousness, peace, and joy. To be righteous means to be right with God. To be as we should be, as he sees us, as he designed us, what his thoughts were for us at the very beginning. That's what it means to be righteous. This, to be righteous before God, answers the sin issue. We weren't designed to carry sin. We weren't designed to live with it. It's, it's not in our mind. That's why it hurts so much. That's why it does so much damage to us. We weren't designed for it. But in righteousness, it brings about the healing of our spirit. Romans 10 verse 8, to prove that point. Romans 10 verse 8 says... And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. We are alive in the Spirit because of righteousness. So the kingdom of God is righteousness. And the next thing is peace. This peace is something that assists us internally. It helps to displace torment. When you displace something, you take it out and fill it with something else. So it displaces torment and heals our soul. John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That word heart in the Greek is cardia, which can be the physical heart, but also means the very seat of our emotions, our soul. So he's saying that, that this peace should enter in and help transform our souls so that we're not troubled or afraid. It's the second thing that the kingdom does. Now, we have one more thing to cover, and that's joy. <laughs> when we have this, this intimacy with God, peace invades our souls and brings about healing to our bodies. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 in the NASB. Thought I'd throw that one in there for you, Rachel. NASB says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. <clears throat> so righteousness, peace, and joy. And we've seen from these scriptures how it affects our body, soul, and spirit, each one of these areas.
So, okay, so God's given us these tools. He just hasn't just given us, you know, like, like you go to Home Depot and, you know, you buy something, here you go, and that's the last of it. No, he gives us these tools because he earnestly desires for us to be whole, to be safe in every sense of the word, to be complete. Jesus stated that when he said, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. That's found at Luke 9.56. The word save in the Greek is sozo, which means to be safe in body, soul, and spirit. To be safe, to be secure. Our bodies need healing. Our souls need deliverance from the adversary and from lies, experiences, things that we've been through in life. And our spirit needs forgiveness. And God has provided all of these things for us. So God clearly wants us to be whole, to be complete. And when he addresses us, through the word or through somebody ministering to us or sometimes through our own intimacy, through worship. He, he's not just healing one thing. He's covering the whole person because that's how he sees us as a whole. So what is this process then toward wholeness? What is the process that gets us there? Because honestly, we've all got areas in our lives that we deal with where we're not totally and fully, completely um, hopeful. So my personal belief is that there's coming a day, and maybe sooner than I believe, but there is coming a day when total and complete healing will come with a word, just a word. And, and all of a sudden we'll feel everything just lift off of us, We'll feel the peace of God come upon us, our spirit, our soul, and all of a sudden our bodies will be healed. We are so interconnected. You can't tell where one begins and the other one ends. Our body, soul, and spirit, I mean, it, we are so interconnected. And glory to God that we are fear-inspiringly made. So this healing with a word is scriptural. Matthew 8, verses 16 and 17. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now that scripture in Isaiah is worth looking at because there's certain words that are used, and there's reason why, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that every word in the scriptures, there, there's a reason why God decided to use that word you know, over something else, in, especially in the original languages. 
Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. We're really bouncing around, aren't we? Scripturally, but we're headed somewhere. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him, esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In verse 5, was it verse 5? Okay. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities, bruised for our iniquities. <laughs> yeah. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So that word griefs in verse 4, it literally means sickness. And the word sorrows in verse 4, sorrows in verse 4. Okay, there we go. Um, it means pain. It just means pain. Physically or mental pain. No matter what it is, pain. Who likes pain? Who enjoys it? Nobody? I'll bring my hand down too. So, he paid for everything. All griefs, sorrows, sicknesses, and pain, mentally and physically. He wants us completely healed. Now, there is a key that opens that door to wholeness. There's a key. And once we get that key, then the door opens up and we can enter into wholeness. Any idea what that key is? It's forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key that opens the door to wholeness. In Matthew 9, verses 2 through 7, Jesus there, he forever linked forgiveness with healing. And people got pretty upset with him. But nonetheless. Matthew 9, 2 through 7 says, Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. You like the voices? <laughs> but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, and then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, arise and walk. These, still, these two are still tied together. If it wasn't true, the man would still be lying there on his cot. Be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. So forgiveness is vital to healing. Forgiveness is vital. In fact, forgiveness is a caveat. It's a caveat in the kingdom. Caveat meaning 
a cautionary detail to be considered when interpreting or doing something. It's the however. <laughs> and that however is we receive forgiveness as we forgive other people. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Not everything is a given. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is important. It's vital to healing. It's vital to access to everything of God, really. Because we receive forgiveness, therefore we should freely... Yeah, and forgiveness was free to us, so guess what? It should be free to other people. So since forgiveness is so important, let's discuss what it is and what it isn't. And let's also discuss what it can do for us and what it doesn't do for us. Forgiveness is a releasing. We are releasing someone, and, and they don't even have to be a, a part of this of this little conversation, this prayer, this thought, however you're doing it. They don't even have to be a part. The person could be dead and past, but we release them from judgment. We, we bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. We want good things to happen to them. We want them to have full access to everything of God. As we so desire for ourselves, Now, what, that's what forgiveness is. What is it not? Forgiveness is not a warm and fuzzy. It's not, oh, everything's okay now. I forgave them. Let's go back in the way everything was. No. If this person is unsafe for you, no. They're unsafe. But you don't want, <clears throat> you don't want bad things to happen to them. You want their lives to be transformed and turned around for God. I, I, I don't hold anything against you, but you may not be the best person for me to be around. Even if we're not talking about um, physical you know, hurt to our bodies, I mean, sometimes people are emotionally toxic. Okay? And, there, and there's nothing shameful in saying, I can't be around this person. This is, you know, I'm dealing with my own stuff. I am in healing, and this is not helping. <laughs> I am prophesying over myself. So what does forgiveness do for us? It, again, it is that key. It opens the door for us to receive total healing from God. That's what it does for us, okay? Um, as I said, the other person, it's not like we have to have this conversation with the other person. 
because they may be unwilling. I mean, you're like, what do you do then? It, it doesn't matter. It's, it, what matters is how you feel, how, what you're willing to do, what you're willing to release, because this, this feeling, this thought, this prayer is much bigger than you. It is uttered and spread out into the spirit realm, and angels and God act upon it immediately. So that's what it is. What does it not do? Well, I'll, I'll give you my own example. I had issues with my dad. Really, it was really hard. It was really hard growing up. Very violent. I, I bless him in Jesus' name. He's in heaven now, but I bless him. I have forgiven him. I released him. I let it go. But it was still hard. It was hard to be around him. And, and the actions that he did as I was growing up caused me, I noticed years later, it caused me to, um, to be fearful around angry people. When I would, I, and I could see an angry person a mile away. And my first instinct is stay away from them, but if I couldn't avoid it, I would do everything I can to defuse the situation apologizing left and right, even though I had nothing to do with it. You know, I just wanted the anger to go away. So, forgiveness, and I couldn't figure out why I forgave my dad. Why am I going through this stuff? There's still healing that needs to be done. Again, I said, forgiveness is the key that opens the door to healing. Now we have to go through that door. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned. You have to earn trust. Okay? You guys all with me still? <laughs> all right. Now, here's the however to forgiveness not healing trauma. I have seen people healed. When they release somebody and forgive someone, boom, all of a sudden there's this pain they have in their body and it just goes away immediately, you know? Um, and it's, the funny thing is you weren't praying for it. They didn't even tell you they had that pain. And all of a sudden, it's gone. What's gone? <laughs> this pain I had in my shoulder, this pain I had in my back, it's gone, you know? So it's, it's a pretty good-sized key. So let's go and discuss a little bit more in depth about what trauma is. Again, a definition. Trauma is an emotional wound affecting our beliefs and our behavior. These are caused from severe emotional stress or injury. Trauma is an injury to the soul. And the funny thing is we may not even know that we have trauma. We just know that we act really weird in certain situations. <laughs> now, when something happens to us that reminds us of the thing that created that trauma to our bodies or to our soul, that's called a trigger. 
Now, here's the weird thing about this stuff is that we may not even know. You don't even know. Your mind does not know. It doesn't remember the situation that happened. We may not be able to mentally connect with why we act that way in that situation. Remember, it affects beliefs and behavior. Now, mentally, then our minds may not know, but guess what? Your body knows. Your body knows really well. It hasn't forgotten. It's kind of like, I forgive, but I don't forget. <laughs> That's your body talking to you there. Now, a trigger is an intense and usually negative emotion that arises. It's a reaction to someone, something, a situation. Just boom, it's there. It can even cause uh, backflashes where all of a sudden we're, we're back into another situation, another time in our life for those, especially those that are um, in the military or first responders. Did you know that the very tissues in your body retain memory? Now there are neural cells, and I hope for all you medical people out there, I'm saying this right, neural cells that store memories in our brains. Did you know that those same type of cells that store memory in our brain have been found in great quantities in our physical hearts and in our gut? I got this gut feeling. It's all connected, yeah. And, and these cells can retain and hold memories. I got a lot of memories right here. <laughs> I forgive you, mi amor, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let it go, let it go, let it go. It's the only song I remember from Frozen. Okay, so where were we? Oh, yes, neural cells. But now, scientists are saying that even muscles, um, nerve tissues, and tendons, the cells can actually store memories also. That's why I said you may not mentally acknowledge or understand why something's going on, but your body knows. Your body knows. So these soul injuries can also bruise our bodies, and our spirits. It can cause all kinds of physical ailments, and we're not making any connection. And God wants us to be healed. So mentally, we may not know why we're having this reaction. Again, our bodies know, and so does God. He remembers. And he wants us whole. God wants us whole. He wants us to be healed. And he can heal us of all trauma that we've experienced in our lives. All trauma. So before we get into that, discuss there are different levels of injury to our souls. Did you know that? I'm learning so much. 
There are different levels of injury to our souls. Let's examine Isaiah 61, verse 1. Now, this is the verse that Jesus quoted. I believe it's in Matthew 4 and also Luke verse chapter 4, where he introduced or declared his ministry. Isaiah 61, verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Four levels of injury. First, good tidings to the poor. That word poor is the Hebrew word anev, which means to be weak or weary. You're just tired. What do you need? You need good news. You need encouragement. Okay? The next one, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted, Hebrew, shabar. It means to be shattered, to be crushed, to be broken down. Now, the word healing in this verse, habas, means to bind up like with a bandage. It also means, this is really interesting, it also means to govern. God wants to heal us and govern our lives. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. He wants to govern the areas of our lives that have been shattered, that have been crushed. The next one is to be captive, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Hebrew, Shabbat, is captive. It means to be taken captive, to be carried away, to be led away. You ever have something just captivated you and you couldn't take your eyes off it? Oh, you know, you're just you're staring and you, you can't get away from it to be held captive. And finally, an opening of the prison to those who are bound. Prisoners, it means to tie, to bind them, to restrain them. They are bound. They cannot get free. They are in prison. Somebody else is holding the key. Guess what? God has the master key to all things. Yeah. So, so four different levels of hurt, injuries to our soul. Again, poor, which means to be weak and weary. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper with each level. Brokenhearted, which means to be shattered. Captive, which means to be carried away, to be taken captive. And prisoners to be tied, to be bound, to be imprisoned. Now, let's go to verse 2. 61 verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to, of our God, this is it. 
to comfort all who mourn. Mourning as in like grieving. He paid for it all. So, to comfort all who agonize. To comfort all who grieve. To comfort all who suffer. To comfort all who sorrow. To comfort all who mourn. He brings comfort to all of these things. Because again, God wants us whole. You ever been in agony? <sighs> yeah. Don't want to go through that again. God brings comfort to those situations. He is the healer. He paid for it all. And how many of you would agree that Jesus wants everything that he paid for. He wants everything that he paid for. I really mentioned last night that, dream, that Jesus was traumatized for us. The trauma did not begin on the cross. The trauma did not begin when he was being beaten by the cat of nine tails, because I can't remember the other word at the moment. Scourge. Yeah. Traumatized, the trauma didn't start there. It started in the garden when he was praying. And it says that his tears became as drops of blood. Which you can take that figuratively. I kind of take it literally, because that is a medical condition where we become so under so much stress, so much tension that the capillaries in our pores break and we start bleeding through our pores. It is a physical condition, but it's extreme. Jesus was under extreme tension, extreme agony. The weight of the entire world was upon him. Jesus indeed was traumatized for us, for us. And then it continued on as the torture just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper upon him. So, God wants to lift every trauma, every torment, every weariness, every crushed heart, every injured soul, every captivity that we've been brought into, and even if we've been taken in as prisoners and we don't have the key ourselves to break ourselves free of it, God wants us healed and he paid for it and he can free us. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom, Freedom. yeah. And it feels good. <laughs> so, there is a, um, there's a tool that we use in Sozo. 
And I know you guys have seen it because I've done it so many times. But you know what? You could do this tool every day of your life. You could use this every day of your life. It's called the divine exchange. Where we hand something over to God. And then we receive what he has for us. Now, as we go through this, check your thoughts. If there is even a thought that passes through your mind that says, this isn't going to work, or I've done that before, I didn't do any good, that very thought should tell us something, that there's something that needs to be healed. Okay? So let's read about this divine exchange because, again, it also is scriptural. Isaiah 61, verses 2 through 4. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them, this is the exchange, to give them beauty for ashes. Did you know that the word redeem itself means to exchange something for something of value? God, scripturally, is called our redeemer. And how often do we sing, I am redeemed. God has redeemed us. So, To give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy, joy for mourning, <laughs> the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that's a little bit harder or heavier because it's a spirit, a spirit of heaviness. He's going to give us a garment of praise for even if it's, if I can say it, demonic oppression. It's troubling us. That they may be called trees of righteousness. Some translations say mighty oaks. An oak tree. It's a hard wood. It grows slowly. But it doesn't topple. It doesn't uproot at every little storm that comes along. It's strong, and its wood is highly valued. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Notice now what happens when we have gone through this exchange in verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Now, we're not just talking about us. We're talking about generations undoing hurt and pain from generations. And guess what? Our healing will affect generations ahead of us. People, it's not, it's not about you. <laughs> it is, but God has so much more. And then there's more. <laughs> In the NLT, that verse says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. 
they will revive them. Though they have been deserted for many generations. What has been lost in your family? What has been given up? What happened in your family that caused devastation and desolation to go from one generation to the next to the next? We may not know. God does. And that's good enough. God knows what happened. And that's the divine exchange covers all of these things. It may sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Jesus died for us to be able to receive this. It's beautiful. Triggers, gone. Trauma centers, healed. Families, affected. We have to be able to see things in the spirit see our lives in the spirit, then when we are walking around healed, Jesus was perfectly healed. When we are walking around healed, we are affecting every footstep that we take is directed by the Lord and the environment is being affected by it. Yeah, I mean, this, this is, um, it's huge. I don't know how else to term it. And it all starts with us forgiving because God forgave us. You want to do the divine exchange? You want to exchange some, some ashes for beauty, mourning for oil of joy? I believe God literally has an oil <laughs> that brings joy to those that have it on them. Lord Jesus, it is so hot up here. And he has a garment of praise to exchange for any heavy spirit oppression that we may be under. We may not even know that we're being affected by that, but I always react this way in these situations. Trauma affects our beliefs and our behaviors, and God wants it healed. And like I said, you know, this is something you can do every day. You can do it every day because there's just all kinds of junk, you know, that we've built up over the years that we hand over and we give it. We have to voluntarily give it. Now, yes, it is true. God can sovereignly heal. And I believe that day is coming where we're going to see it more and more and more. Boom, with a word, people are healed. But for now, we go with the revelation that we have, which is heal us of our trauma. The process. That, he's got a process. We were not designed to carry this stuff. That's why it hurts so bad. That's why it affects our bodies. They say that up to 80% and some scientists say even 90% of all physical ailments are related to emotional issues. Yeah. 80 to 90%. Wow. And God can release that in a moment. 
So think of something. If you remember a traumatic event or if you have, if there's a lie that has been plaguing you and you don't even recall what that is, ask God, ask him, what is this lie? So just take a moment now. If you need to close your eyes or if you already know what it is, just, just ask him. Father, what is one lie that I'm believing? What is one trauma that I've experienced that you want to heal within me today? When you have, when you see, hear, or sense what that is, please raise your hand. thought comes to you that this ain't going to work, guess what? You need to raise your hand for that one. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. There's always something. So, Jesus paid for that. He wants it. He wants everything that he died for, the suffering that he went through. The Son of God came and died as a man so that we could be complete and whole. That's that's where this is going, wholeness. Can you imagine this room full of people walking around whole, knowing completely who they are, fully in their identity, and doing exactly what God designed them for? How much joy and peace that would bring to us And how is it going to affect the world around us? Jesus was one man. He turned the world upside down. Then it went to 12. And then it went to 70. And then it went to 120. And then boom, thousands, boom, thousands, boom, thousands. Yeah. So when you see, hear, or sense what that thing is, hold it out in front of you. Literally, see if you can place that thing in your hand and now envision Jesus in front of you. Let me know when you get there. And if anybody has trouble seeing Jesus, I break that off now in his name. (laughs) I proclaim healing in that area so that we all can enjoy the very presence of God. You got it in you. It is in you. The very spirit of God is alive in you. There are people that don't even know Jesus and he comes to them in their dreams. He speaks to them. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, God. When you see him in front of you now, hand to him give it to him notice what he does with it look at what he does yeah now this is an exchange all right beauty 
for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. Yeah. Jesus never goes somewhere empty-handed. So Jesus has something for you in return. Because now, where that lie was, or, or that belief, or that trauma, now there's a void inside of us that we want filled with Jesus. We don't want that anymore. We don't want, and we don't even want that void within us because we want to be completely, totally whole in Christ. He didn't pay for anything less but our completeness in Jesus. So, what is he handing to you? What is he giving to you? Can you see it? Is it a gift? Is it in a box? Can you open it? What does God have for you? And it may be something bigger than what you could ever imagine. And if it's something that you believe that you're not worthy of, there's another thing you need to take to him. <laughs> this stuff runs deep. It goes deep. Because God is deep, and we are deep, and He wants all that depth healed. Everything. Everything. So do you see what He's given to you? Yeah. Now, receive it. Just receive. That is the beauty of the kingdom. That is the beauty of what Christ did for us. You didn't have to do anything but let go. Just let go and trust in Him. Believe in Him. Just let go. You didn't have to earn this. Believe me, He has a lot more for you than that. A lot more beyond your wildest imagination, God has this for you. Now, we're going to have a prayer team come up here. And if, there's, if, if you've had trouble getting through this, we want to pray for you. <laughs> we want to release more of God. Take that. <laughs> yes, we want to release more of God and exchange what the devil has done. He came to kill, destroy, kill, and something else. Yeah. Steal. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. My mind's kind of, woo -hoo. Yeah. But Jesus came for us to have life and have it more abundantly. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for him. So, our relationship with Jesus, why Jesus came is not for us just to get to heaven. The key is access to the Father. Within the Father is answers for everything, every issue of life. It's all there. So if you want more prayer, please come on up. The prayer team will come. Come on up. And if you, there's anything that you're in need of healing, we would consider it an honor 
to pray with you. God wants to heal all of us. Yeah. So thank you so much, Heavenly Fathers. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for what you've revealed. Thank you for what you've released. In Jesus' name, you've given us all things. (laughs) So I speak blessing over every single person here today. That the experience, the encounters that they've had today runs deep. Yeah. Permanently affecting how they float down your river. Yeah, that they do it with ease and realize more and more just who they are in you. So I bless them all. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you all for being here today. I pray that you have an awesome day. It looks pretty nice out. Spring is coming. Yeah. I am not a snowbird. Yes, I am a snowbird. I want to get out of it. I don't like snow, but thank you, God, for what you've given us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I need healed from that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I I bless you and release you now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.